This is Jesse Hensley. And this is Josh Turner. Welcome to Turn Down for What. Welcome back to Turn Down for What. So, last couple weeks, you have heard nerdy, nerdy, nerd news. Nerdy, nerdish, nerd news. Yeah. And I've been listening to the podcast. I've been catching up finally. So, yeah. Take off, eh? Eh. (laughs) Speaking of eh, we're going to be there next week. Not the same location as them. Yeah, I was actually texting him last night. Uh, they're, they're, oh yeah, they're they're all the way over in Saskatchewan. So yeah. they're you're probably talking thousand miles. Oh, more than that. You're probably talking three, four thousand miles. You need to get your the United States down. width is not that far, is it? I think it's like tw- this geography lesson brought to you by Josh Turner. <laughs> so anyway, how far is it from here to L.A.? Just as a tangent to start us off with. Oh, okay. I'm going to guess because I've never done. I'd say about forty five hundred miles. I was thinking 2,500 miles. Might be closer. I know Tennessee's like 500. So. I want to download the map here. Hold on. So, thank you for coming to this. We are going to be Googling <laughs> it is. on our phone. So. Do, do, do. It's thinking about it. Hold on. It is 2,288 miles. Yeah, so. So, from Toronto to Saskatchewan, it can't be that far. Okay, so you're, you are correct. Well, then, geography lesson, my. Okay, so, yeah. Get out of here. I was doing full trip I, I, I was, there and back. I, yeah. So I'm doing. I always do round trip. If we measure from the there and back, then you could definitely. That, you that, could definitely. The get measurement your... is always something I go with. I usually measure from the back of my neck. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, on that note, hello everybody. So today, we're get right into it. Let's talk about Chevrolet. So everybody's been wanting to see the. Uh, uh, competition once again between Chevy and Ford. That's something that everybody has had over the years. The F-150 versus the Silverado. Um, well, Silverado. Silverado. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of wins and, and losses over the years, but it's been a great battle. And I think that having Ford and Chevy have that battle has made the truck a much better vehicle for all sides. And uh, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, Toyota's hybrid and how many mile, how, miles per gallon that my, um, Motor Trend Magazine got for their big hybrid, which was like 16, 17 miles a gallon. Uh, kind of disappointing, but um, then you go on the other spectrum. We, as everybody knows, we have Lightnings. So we've been watching the Chevy uh, Silverado EV, or I guess it's a Silverado, and when it will be out. And unfortunately, we had news over the week that their Orion assembly plant will not be producing that truck until 2025. So what, what causes this delay, Jesse? Well, they say better, manage cap, uh, uh, better management of capital investments. But obviously, I think the pressure of the strike is probably affecting some of that. So, um, and honestly, if I'm a company, that's going to be something I look at really heavy to want to get that strike over with one way or the other so you can move on and start making trucks again. So um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we'll have the EV uh, Silverado this year. Uh, I mean, it was originally planned for late next year, but they're bumping it back on. Oh, I think year. it said production in 2023 or was it 2024? Yeah, yeah, it was next year. I think I think it was supposed to be pretty much a year from now, but now it's going to be two years from now. And that's going to be hard because you know, our trucks are out, they're here. I would say that Ford would even have a chance to have their the newest truck out by, then, yeah. out by then. So now you have technology that is apples to apples. Because the question when you is, compare, with the delay in the manufacturing, will we see 
any improvements to the Silverado product? They said it would be. They say they're improving some of the designs and everything. The key point here is what direction do you go? I was reading a great article that was going over bigger isn't always better. And it was talking about how you have I a, disagree. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I agree at that 100%. Yeah. You know, uh, so the question there is, is a larger battery better? You know, we look at Chevy has a 400 mile range for, uh, now that is just them saying it, I've not seen any EPA. I don't believe it has had an EPA range yet. Um, but let's say that 200 kVW battery is 400 mile range. Can Ford have uh, the same range with a 130 kilowatt battery? And the reason that's important is because right now Rivian and I think Ford, they're losing a large amount of money per truck to get it out cost. on the market. And the battery cost has yeah. a large part of that. Now, what happens if that battery cost represents, you know, basically you have to add another whole battery into the vehicle just to get the mileage where you need it. And then you're gonna start reducing the amount of range you have because of the weight. I mean, these are heavy batteries. So that's gonna be one of the questions. Ford for years have had aluminum bodies. Um, I remember when they came out, everybody was uh, kind of critical about, well, my steel battery and my steel my steel bed can yeah. handle a rock better. And I've dented my bed. I have dents every, you've seen them. I have yeah. dents all over my bed. Um, That's why you put a spray and liner in. But. And then I'll dent the spray and liner. So it really doesn't <laughs> matter any. So um, it, it's not structural. It doesn't Now it does make it a little easier from apparently not to take dents, but that's another conversation altogether. So, um, but the question there is, the aluminum, what kind of impact does it have on mileage? And now what kind of impact does it have on your range? And, and I think in a gas powered vehicle doesn't make as much of a difference, but when you're talking about EV, weight does play a significant yep. factor. And going back to what you're just saying about the battery weight, you're seeing these vehicles that are comparable weight to the F-150 and some of these other like heavier vehicles. But the F-150 Lightning goes 320 on a 130 battery. Mm -hmm. but you have to go to a 200 battery and you're only getting an extra seven, like you're almost doubling the battery size and yep. you're only getting an extra like 20% yeah. range, it's, 10 it's, it's, range. And, and you know that battery is the biggest cost of that vehicle. So yeah. you are basically building a vehicle that you're losing a lot more money on. And, you know, as you could tell from our economy, you can't just keep spending and hope that eventually you'll make money. Yeah. You know, when, when uh, General Motors, um, filed for bankruptcy, I guess it was in 08 or back when it, when yeah. that was happening. Uh, I can remember reading that they were like $8 billion a year they lost for multiple years leading up. And I think it's like 81 or $82 billion that they were in debt when they filed for bankruptcy. So um, if the EVs is the next battle, you can't lose 40% of the value of the truck or vehicle, every single vehicle sold and think that you're going to come out ahead. Eventually yeah. the incentives are going to stop. Eventually the um, money difference you're getting from the federal government is going to stop, and then you have to be on your own merit. I think, I think we Ford's can go for larger for uh, battery storage, but they have to come up with lighter solutions because yep. the 200 kilowatt battery is going to cost a ton, not only for the initial production but for replacement. Yep. Because um, that's going to be a viable thing. Wrecks and battery when batteries fault out. It's just so much more. And we battery take the batteries mass. and use them for mass storage, which we're going to try to do. So. Yeah, but I mean, the the battery in and of itself, we had this conversation ten times already. But like, you know, we have to have lighter batteries if they're going to go large because the range is important, as we've discussed yep. many times. 
but it's something that we can't compromise. Um, it's not worth charging double for a vehicle because the battery cost is so much higher. Yep. Like we've said, I got the quote for the F-150 Lightning battery, and I think it was like 27,000, 26,000. Why'd you get a quote? When I hit a deer. Oh. It didn't affect my battery, but they had the price list. It was the, I was at the very beginning. That's right. It was at the very beginning of remember the that, Lightnings yeah. being released, and so they got the price list from Ford about <laughs> all the parts, and the extended range battery pack was on there. And if I, I believe, could buy a battery for twenty six thousand, we'd buy twenty five of them right now, just yeah. so we could put them in our facilities. Yeah. So that's not a horrible price. It's not a horrible price compared to what you see for large scale battery use. But when you're talking about, a, for instance, they were selling the um, base. The, the Lightning Pro extended range to fleets for 50000 when they first released. But if it's a $28,000 battery, you're looking at over 50% of the cost of the vehicle before any profits are made just being in the battery pack. Now, what's their cost is, is a different question, but that's something that if you're looking at, okay, if proportionally it was that cost per kilowatt of storage, if you're going up to 200 oh, kilowatts man, of storage, you, it's going to be a $40,000 battery. Before anything else. Before anything else. And so you, there's no way to have an affordable vehicle with a large battery pack. Unless, unless you have less time and parts and things like that. Yeah. That gets into our highlight of the day or our vehicle spotlight we'll talk about in a little bit. Don't let me forget to mention the componentry. So uh, especially what the Cybertruck has made and, and some of the photos that's come out of it. And going back to still the negative part of our conversation so far, let's talk about <laughs> Ford once again. So unfortunately, Ford is cutting one of their production lines. Um, I, I hate that they're cutting a shift. It could be because of um, UAW. UAW says it's because of poor sales. Um, Either way, it's less F-150 Lightnings, it's less EVs on the road. I think that they had a big ambitious goal for a lot of production, and I think their numbers have to make sense. And when things start to get rocky weather, that's on a business perspective with everything that's going down on the business level with Ford. Um, but also, I think that sale production numbers are good, but pr maybe not as good as they had hoped. I mean. They yeah. they had the goal of making like two hundred thousand a year, uh, lightnings, and I think that their demand is climbing. But yes. they just dropped the price, and I saw I read an article that was saying that with the price correction of it was over ten percent pretty much across the board. With that price correction, they saw a, a surge in demand because a lot of the vehicles like the Lariat extended range, XLT extended range, XLT standard range, and the Pro all then qualified back for the tax credit, yep. where when they raised the prices, the Yeah, XL they raised 10,000, and then they cut the 10,000 back, and now they've dropped it another 7,500. But the XLT extended range was still over 80,000, so even the extended range wasn't qualifying, wow. I believe. Yeah. I know that the the Lariat extended range went to like nine or 89,000 or 88,000. Yeah, at one time it was up there because I was like, hmm, I should sell mine about now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the price is cut to below what we paid for it, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so, and that kind of gets into it. So, say you wanted a Lariat, you could get that thing now for 15,000. If you add your tax credit in, you're looking at about $15,000 less than what 
um, the retail is. So if it's an $80,000 truck, now it's a $65,000 truck. Now you are saving, how much are we saving in gas per year? Probably about 3,500 is what my math came out to last for year. For you? I mean, for yeah, me for with how much I've been driving, of course you drive a ton. Yeah, I drive, I'm, I have more miles than you do. 25,000 so. miles in one year. I mean, you could run the math. I was on at that. twenty-eight on mine when I finally got to the one-year mark. One-year mark. So but let's just say an easy twenty-five thousand miles. Well, if you got twenty miles to the gallon, which oh, you be, don't get even in that. Let Let's do it on the hybrid Toyota. No, sixteen thousand. Sixteen miles. My F one fifty STX that I had before I would never get 20, was twenty-one. I would never get twenty. But miles let's just say that was the EcoBoost three point five. Okay, that was the weekend. But that's twelve hundred and fifty gallons of fuel at the 350 range where it's been you know roughly that's forty three hundred and seventy five dollars in fuel so annually and if you did the same twenty five thousand miles and now a math now we're having the math part of our conversation i know but then you did that and you did it you did let's say two miles a kilowatt I'm averaging 2.3. Yeah, there's $350 a month and for- That's 10,000 kilowatts times 0.11. You're spending $1,195 in electric. So that's about $2,600 annually, roughly, if my math is correct. Yeah, so that's- you're, you're, now, That's for 25,000 miles. You take miles. that for five years. The of, average person doesn't drive 25,000 miles, but- I mean, for years. the amount that we drive it, I mean, you, that's that's, a, that's yeah. a pretty good amount of money. That's another ten, twelve thousand dollars. You can probably say, okay, over the lifespan of this vehicle, I'm going to have another ten thousand saved. Yeah, so, but yeah. I mean, if you're driving that, and let's say, I, I I was talking to you about this week. I think that we're going to see trucks like ours go much farther than two hundred thousand miles with minimum maintenance. A lot of times, you get to gas-powered vehicles at a two hundred thousand yeah. engine transmission. You're looking at so much work it's the car basically gets totaled um yep or if you have a 5.4 ford like i had you're going to be kicking spark plugs out the hood because <laughs> i had that problem happen so when i changed my plugs out myself <laughs> i think with the ev you might be starting to deal with body wear on the vehicle no. but i think that we're going to see battery and motor life go farther than the engine and you will life. because when you start looking at things like air conditioning units on a roof with a large scale battery or a large scale motor that motor can go years without being touched and these motors are as technologically advanced if not more so so the lack of moving parts and things like that makes it to where you have that ability to go longer I, I, I think the weakness is going to be the battery pack and that's where the insurance side I think we talked about this while back too I think that's where you know I have up to 75,000 mile warranty on my truck I probably will get if I keep it past that time I will probably get another warranty because you know two three grand for another 75,000 miles I'd easily pay because that's a lot cheaper than a twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars battery pack. Yeah. And but I just, I think that unless you're looking at battery cell failure, I think if the battery stays healthy that you'll see degradation when you get to the 200,000 mark, cause that's what we're talking about. But I think that you might see, let's say 15% reduction in the, the quality of the battery. So our 320 range may be 280, 290. But I still think that yeah, the vehicle is going to perform saying. just fine. Yeah, Tesla, when they would go through theirs, it would be it, it amazed me how well after 300,000 miles or 400,000 miles yeah. they would have still a lot of... Uh, Tesla ability. being the largest on, longest on the road while you're talking, I'm going to look up how far the Tesla battery 
Okay, um, while I'm talking, he's looking <laughs> that up. So let's go to another negative, which is Rivian, who recently has to issue more bonds, unfortunately. Um, originally, they had um, a capital raise in March of $1.3 billion, and that was supposed to get them through till 2025. And now it looks like they'll issue another $1.5 billion. So that $30,000 per uh, vehicle is probably kicking catching up to them as well. And I'm sure the economy and the interest, I mean, just on the interest rates of the cash that they have, you know, it's making everybody's money worth less when you have that type of inflation. So that has something to do with it because now you got 15, 20% oh, year over year that you're losing. Um, but at the same time, I have seen two of the SUVs in Kingsport and I've seen two of the other trucks uh, on my street, actually, when I was going by, I guess they were charging at the park, probably which yeah. has a free uh, Rivian uh, charging unit, which I used when my charger went out, and it was great for what it was for. Every uh, time I drive around town, I see Rivian. I'm like, hey, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I do the I do the Jeep wave. <laughs> they, 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 they probably don't, don't even look at me. But they I'm don't like, care. Hey, buddy. It's like, well, I paid more for mine. They probably don't even know we're an electric truck. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. So, uh, <laughs> but the Rivian, I still think they have one of the more unique and nicest vehicles out oh, there. Yeah. It's small, but still, they got a 400 mile range one now. Did you see that? Yeah. So you have instead of the tri motor, they got uh, I guess just a rear motor. It performs less. The speed of it is less. But still, 400 yeah. mile range. Yeah. You know, and that goes into the whole lighter is faster. Yeah. And lighter gives you more range. And well, that one's not faster. Probably still it's is what, quick. It went from, it went from a, it, that, the efficient one's only a dual motor, correct? Yes, yeah. dual rears. So yeah. you don't have all-wheel drive either, which again, I would rather have the all-wheel drive because of the ability to drive it in the snow and things like yeah. that. So um, that might be something they need to adjust. If you're going to have dual motors, still do it, but front have back, one in yeah. front and like one our truck. rear. Yeah. But um, yeah, ours is a dual motor front and rear. Yeah. Uh, I and wonder, I does it make it more efficient to do dual rear? Or is that just a For lack their of design, I think it does. Yeah, I don't know. Um, to go back real quickly to answer the Tesla question, uh, Elon explained that Tesla car batteries should last for three to 500,000 miles. Oh, God. Which, yeah. that's between 22 to 37 years of the average car driver who, according to the Department of Transportation, drives 13,476 miles per year. I mean, that's, so that's imagine taking miles. your vehicle 500,000 miles. I mean, I've, unless you have the good old 96 Toyota Corolla, those things aren't going no over 300,000 miles. We had miles. multiple dump trucks that we took over that range, but that's a dump truck. Yeah. So it's a 283 <laughs> Cummins and, you know, I think it was a 9,000 Ford. Um, yeah, but you're not going to do that in most vehicles. Um, I've had a, a lot of F-150s. When I got rid of them, I didn't think they would last another 50 to 100,000 miles. We've had multiple transmissions, multiple... Um, you know, spark plug issues, but you have that on every vehicle. Um, even the 350 Chevy, um, which is a bulletproof motor, one of the best engines ever built, um, you still have problems with them nowadays because of the electronic control and the emissions issues that you get into. And I think, so I think if you're looking at, let's just say by some chance you got 500,000 miles out of your battery, the amount of savings that you'll have from oil changes, transmission changes, oh, yeah. engine changes, at the 500,000 mark, you can replace the battery in the motors and take that sucker another 500,000 miles. Well, even at 300,000 miles, based on our 30, or, or 250,000 miles, to make the math easy, we saved 20, what, 
in fuel on 25,000 miles. So at 250,000 miles, we, there's $26,000. That's the just cost in of the that battery. Amount. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not including oil changes every 5,000 miles, the spark plugs, the, yeah, but, the belts, the. Yeah, you're, you're 15,000 miles, you're 30,000 miles. If you're talking about miles. getting to 500,000 miles, you're going to be replacing the engine and the transmission both, which is what, 12,000? Unless you're in a Toyota. <laughs> yeah, but even at 250, it's, it's, it's still getting close. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you're yeah. never going to get to 500,000 out of a... And, and I don't think today's consumer would get the 500,000. That is... By, that you're not af- getting to 500,000. That can afford a new vehicle. You know, yeah. they're, and, and you don't want that for an economy either because you're not buying vehicles. Yeah. So... Um, I just hope they don't do like the light bulb companies and turn around and make it to where it has a lifespan. You know, uh, you can make light bulbs last forever if you wanted to, but they don't want to. Even the LEDs, I had to replace some of the LEDs in my house the other day. I'm like, well, these are like eight years old, 10 years old. I thought they were 20 year light bulbs. That's what we were told, you know, but uh, for some reason. You forget about it by then. <laughs> oh, I had like three or four go out right within the same year. And yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. They put a timer on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, so anyway, so that is that. So Rivian, hope they can stick around. I think they have a great vehicle. Uh, I think it's a great uh, car to have in the market or, or SUV to have in the market. Um, I saw one, by the way. Uh, I think it was just on social media, but they had taken the front of their white light bar and they had put uh, like a sticker or like a, like a covering over it. But they, it had the lettering of Rivian oh, okay. that shone through. Hmm. It was sharp. That's good. So like the lighting was still there, and your your unique yeah. lighting was there. But that I like center that it turns bar, green when you're charging. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm like, God, I would love to. I have pull up next to them that. at a supercharger. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, that's kind of that's neat. cool. But yeah, the, the, that that Rivian lettering on the front. Rivian, if you ever listen to this, you should have a model that offers that. So, well, now I actually have some pictures for the next two. So first one, this is the Toyota EV sports car that everybody is saying that looks like an MR2. So Toyota is teasing this. They didn't have any of the mileage or any of the range or anything like that, but that is a good looking vehicle. And it reminds me of the small sports cars that Toyota was known for in the past. Think that that is a very good direction to go. If you can get something like that, that's very sporty and you know, again, it comes down to battery tech. I don't think anybody is going to really adopt electric until, because the price is there. When we charge now, not at some companies, but when we charge at home and for the most of what we use, the cost is so much lower than gas that, um, you know, that is a big impact for us. I, I like the fact that I wake up every day with four, 325 mile range if I want to have it plugged in every day. I don't. I don't do max every day, but I could if I wanted to. Yeah. But now you start getting into t- Toyota, who is looking hard at the solid state batteries. And I think they're really starting to make some noise in that industry. I think they're going to come out of the left field with some tech and say, hey, here we are. Because Toyota, Nissan, those, uh, Honda, have always had the technology aspect of things over everybody else. And I think that they are just a, um, you know, 500 pound gorilla sitting there waiting to come out and say, oh, by the way, we just made this and it does 400 mile range. It only costs X amount. It is this good for the environment. Oh, and it charges in 10 minutes. So when you go to anywhere, oh, you can charge it at any place that when we're gonna have these 500 places. So. Yeah. 
I think that Toyota has that ability to do that. I, I think all car companies in America could too, but there's a lot of fighting going on here, you know, yeah. and I, I don't see Japan just does things differently. And I think that they are probably going to have a very good shot if, if the electrification is the direction to go or the hydrogen, which I think they're up there in as well. I think when that happens, they're going to just come out and say, hey, here's like five cars that you just can't beat. And this one is, from a look standpoint, really makes me happy that they're doing that. because It kind of looks like an EV Super almost. Yeah. I've always yeah. been disappointed in the NSX. You know, they came out, they put it with Acura. I'd rather have had it have been Honda just because that was the NSX. I have a friend of mine lives up the road, has an original NSX, beautiful car, uh, a white one. Um, man, that was the car. And the hybrid system and everything, it just, it worked, but it just wasn't a car that I thought captured the original essence of, and, and, and the Super, I don't feel like the Super captured because it's a, basically a BMW M series that's wrapped in this body. Yeah. So, and it's smaller than what I remember. So, you know, to have a car like this and the MR2 was such a great little sports car. They can get a price low and get the get everything in. That is the direction. I my, think guess, so my guess go is they're going to drop an EV sports car and it's going to be just the a, 150. I think of the Mazda Miata. Yeah. I mean, the Miata was just for years and years that happy little car that everybody kind of wanted that small car. And um, they sold hundreds and hundreds of thousands. What happens if you can revamp that into a modern day vehicle that I, gets I, 350. I just feel like their sports their sports car line is probably going to cost a little bit more but yeah you probably will but you know we don't have anybody over here really making it now no. so um but that's the sad part about it even our trucks have better performance than most sports cars so you know what is that next going to be and um uh and then nissan jumped in on it so if you look at this car right here that is the hyper punk electric crossover and they have made this for influencers Ooh. yeah it's an origami inspired interior mm -hmm. hey Ooh. so don't know where it's going to be made at obviously tennessee in uh is it selmer that no it's where is the coffee Nissan county plant? yeah it's right there in coffee county it's, uh winchester winchester yeah. so um they're on 64. Uh, we have where all the Nissan Leafs were built. Um, so hopefully, if they do it, maybe they could do it at a plant like that that's already 100% EVs. Yeah. So that'd be something, you know, it looks unique. I, I like it's cars like a, that. It's a futuristic look. But. Oh, man. One of my favorite cars growing up, and this is a tangent. So get off of that. Go to the uh, Azuzu Via Cross. The Azuzu Via Cross with a supercharged six cylinder was the ugliest and best car ever made. <laughs> and I wanted one of those, but even back then it was like- Oh, oh I remember those. Yeah, 36 grand and you know, they had, uh, now the if you find one of them, you gotta worry about having the transfer case and the, but I mean, all wheel drive, oh, that thing was, and I wanted it in yellow, the, the yellow one down there. <laughs> ugliest vehicle known to man and I loved it. Oh, that thing was fantastic. <laughs> One of our neighbors had one of them, so. Yeah, that's that's um, what I always aspired to have was something that looked like that. Well, I mean. If you're listening to this, please Google the yellow uh, 2001 Azusa Via Cross. That thing was awesome. So, I mean, and, and what no different than the <laughs> Hyperpunk. But speaking of awesome vehicles, let's go to our car manufacturer spotlight and going back to Tesla for something else that looks fantastic.
Yeah, you're just excited because oh, I, can't, I can't wait. I yeah. can't wait. Uh, everybody is speculating when and where the order numbers are going to happen and how many of these cars can be built. So we are talking about the Cybertruck. Um, I do have one on order. My number is around 10,500 if you do the calculations of when it was ordered to now. Um, nobody knows if that's correct or not. Nobody knows if the two motor or the three motor will be the ones that comes out first. No one knows. But you you technically preserved the quad motor. Didn't I did you? the quad. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, it was tri motor at the time, and it's still tri motor. I think it's going to be tri motor. I don't. I think that was a rumor that they had a quad edition. I think that they're doing the drivetrain out of the uh, plaid, maybe with some enhancements, and that is the sport mode. Um, that's the one I did with the full self-driving, with the full, if it had everything, anything and everything that could come with it, I did that at that time because I thought th if you didn't, that's where they would get their profit from. What, what do you need full self-driving for? Because I don't like the fact that when I look at my phone with the Ford system, it's it true. starts beeping it at me even though it's you. a hands-off system. Yeah, which I mean... Uh, Probably illegal. There so was, I don't do that. But. Yesterday, there was an update to my truck for the Blue Cruise. I, I know that they were testing 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever. Hmm. I don't know if I have that or not, but I got to notice that there was a Blue Cruise update, so I don't know. I'll okay, we'll shot. see. Anyways, keep, keep going about the Tesla. Sorry. Don't let me forget. I need to get that for uh, Ford when I take mine down to get the light bar changed. I need to have them look at because mine still weaves when I go down for Blue Cruise. So mm. it's done it since day one. Anyway, so... Starting off with the design, I like it. It's different. It's, ugly. It, it's grown it. on me. It's just, it's just, it's, it's ugly. Well, it's not here. It's not ugly. Ooh. It's just in the realm of what you consider to be a normal vehicle. It's exactly out of this world, exactly. spaceship, futuristic. Which means it's not a normal vehicle. Because a lot of you see a lot of these car manufacturers come up with futuristic designs, but they never become popular road like they never hit the roads yeah this is the first like crazy futuristic looking vehicle that's going to be pontiac hundreds aztec. of thousands on the road pontiac aztec was the ugliest vehicle ever made had a <laughs> tent you could buy it with a tent built into it and they're like huh look at that thing made of plastic let's put that on the road so i will say that the pontiac aztec is still uglier and less cool and I also would like to have one of the Pontiac Aztecs with a tent today, too, because <laughs> I would take that thing camping. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a different vehicle. Like, I'm excited to get it. Um, I have had nothing that says I'm going to get it anytime soon. But there was an announcement made a couple of days ago about uh, an event in end of November and that vehicles could start rolling out at the end of November. Um, we'll see. At the number that I have, let's say that I am 10,000. They won't be producing that many this year, but next year they're assuming, or some of the numbers through the, the calls, investor uh, calls have shown that they're planning 250,000 in 2024. You'll see yours Q1. I would see mine in Q1 if I don't get it this year. Um, this year, how many could they make? And then how many of that 10,500, if that is the true number, are they doing just the tri-motors at first because they get more money out of them? Are they doing just people that have tri-motors and self-driving because they will make more money off of those first 
Uh, do they want the best on the road for people to talk about first? So you don't really want to put the dual engine out first because that's not going to have the impressive power. I hope my decision to do that is what's going to make it to where i guarantee you though that most of those people that were clicking feverishly day one were going think for the, yeah. the juiced up one yeah or they're doing it to resell and yeah. i i, I kind of thought about that myself i thought okay do i resell it and then just put that money towards i mean they have but, a, there was there a half a million there's pre-orders? two million there's two million pre-orders yeah and if you're just doing two hundred fifty thousand a year you know that's how many years? You it's know, crazy. Do the math on it. It's yeah. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. It's crazy though how much more demand for the Cybertruck that, that there is compared to like the EV Lightning uniqueness. I think it's Silverado. The Lightning yeah. looks just like an F one hundred and fifty. Yeah. You know, um, and not even though I like it, it's not even million, like a, there's two million orders for a freak truck. Yeah. It's just. And Ford, I think you looked up some of the numbers. They're looking at what, 70,000 so mm-hmm. far this year up to November 1st is what they're planning that they're gonna have 70,000. That's still commendable, that's still great. Um, but we looked it up, the gas powered, like the gas F-150, yeah. which is the most popular selling all truck of F- all time. F- F-series trucks in was 2021 was 650,000, yeah. 60 something. So I mean, they're, they're, they're only at 10% of the production of the regular F-150 with yeah. all of the Lightnings. And it sounds like an impressive number, however. And I'd say a lot of those are going to fleet now because, you know, if I owned a fleet, uh, say a power company, you know, now I don't have to buy gas. Just on the gas savings and you make them charge at home under, and you're providing the power. But if you're getting the pro extended range on a fleet and you can get them all for 50 grand, get the tax credit and quantity, I mean, it's a... Yeah, it's a no-brainer on that deal. So I think that that's going to be... And now you look at it and people that may have been waiting to get their Chevys filled, that's going to be another full year before you get your Chevy filled. So not only if you're in a fleet business waiting on the Chevy, you're not going to get it. I doubt you, I doubt Dodge is going to be out by then either. So that tells you, too, how far ahead Ford was in building this truck. It was phenomenal for them. And then, like you said, what happens if this F-150 they have at now, yeah, it might not do as great. 70000 is not bad. But what if that's just like, hey, we know we're going to lose money on these, but we're waiting for our plant to get built to have a bespoke, uh, a bespoke built truck that is designed around electric, yeah. electri- electrification. And maybe it'll be cool enough that some of the other... it's going to be different. Yeah, I mean, you're not going. From what I remember reading, you're not going to have um, the same parts move over, so it's not going to look like an F one fifty like we have. Um, and I honestly wish they would have took more from the f-150 raptor you know i kind of wished it had some more beefiness beefiness muscularity aerodynamics i think that's what kills it is you you have to be aero on it so uh but then you look at something like the cybertruck it's like yeah let me just let me just make a big flat panel i guess air flows over it better (laughs) well and then when you you start looking at the chassis uh if you have a chance go ahead and google the uh, tesla cybertruck chassis and there's been some pictures released this past week that show that 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 huge rear and front section that's poured in one take and forged. I guess it wouldn't be forged; it would be poured. Um, so you have the front and rear bulkheads, and then the center sections that tie it together. I don't know if it's how they tie the two together. I don't know if those center parts are also poured, but it's a massive structure that's done all at once. And when you can do that 
all of those panels in my truck have been welded together. You've had to go through an assembly. You have time to put into it. You have design. Manufacturing becomes... Man, yeah. you just now you have this huge truck that was put together and, and three processes. You have all the rear, center, and front. That is what I think Ford was talking about when they talked about reducing... Parts, percent yeah. or whatever the percentage it was. That's just one part that they want to reduce 50, for yeah. the construction of the trucks. Now the question then becomes, and I've I've heard this argument though, is you get in a fender bender. Insurance is going to be higher. Yeah, but I mean, you get in a fender bender. What happens? Unless that bulkhead is easy to replace. Yeah, but then are you welding something on at that point, or do you have to replace the entire body? Uh, well, the body of this truck is panels. They showed how it went together. So when you look at the chassis. You have your bulkhead, your center section, and rear. That doesn't include your aluminum panels on the outside. They've shown how those are actually, I don't think they're welded. I think they're fastened to the chassis. So if you didn't, you know, rear back and put a big dent in that aluminum or that stainless steel, you're not going to fix that stainless steel. But what if you can just replace that panel and you don't have to chip off the welds and you don't have to break the beads all the way across to, to replace the entire fender? What happens if you can replace that fender yourself that's, I mean, if it's stainless steel, then I mean, it's, it's a little bit easier to maneuver, uh, probably. Oh, it, I mean, as it's, far as like tough, you can beat it up a little bit more, too. Oh, I, and it's going to show smudges. I mean, it's like a refrigerator. You're, you're, <laughs> you constantly well, that, try to. Well, they have the clean. upgrade of the smudge free version of the Cybertruck. <laughs> I'd say you can get a wrap that would do that. Now, they also talked about how. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. It was something I didn't put a lot of effort in reading other than the headlines in about two or three parts of the article. Uh, but s s Tesla could be offering wraps for your vehicle from Tesla. Like PPF? Yeah, like, like eight to 10 grand though. So I'm like, eh, no. But I mean, regular PPF wrap is what, five to six? I have no clue. I've never PPF wraps are, I know ceramic coating is about a thousand-ish for a good coating, but I think PPF is like four to six on average. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna let mine get smudged up. Not care. <laughs> I think I've washed my truck four times. So get the stainless steel cleaner out and yeah, know. get a Brillo pad and yeah. we're ready to go. So, um, uh, but a lot of I mean, again, it's it's very cool truck. Can't wait for it to come out. They said November for November 30th is a launch date. I would love to try to get there in Texas. I don't think there'll be time to make it. Because so. with the, with the lightning, they did production started, and then they had to get certifications on the truck. And they have done crash test. They 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 have shown the crash test, that, yeah. yeah. So they've got they, that out of the way. So like the production started in March of last year, which would be twenty two. Started in March of twenty two. They had trucks produced that were sitting in a parking lot because they were waiting on their final. I forgot. They've what already sent the EPA. They've already sent them. But there to was a final check department. that had to happen, and then they had their launch event. And when that launch event happened. It was like a week after that launch event that they got the final certification. They started shipping trucks. And so it wasn't until really like they started producing in March, but it wasn't really until like late May, early June that they started actually shipping trucks. Um, and so the early the early shipments actually were on a delay because of that final certification. I don't know if Tesla already has that or not, but I'm curious to see their time frame for delivery after their big announcement of it. Yeah, I am looking to see if anything has changed on my cyber truck right now. Manage. Be -de 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 I know dead air. Well, here's your turn to talk about it since you know, so you're gonna obviously not have one of these. 
So I'll drive yours around and then I'll, I'll wait for the T3 and the, I'll, nope. still says, um, your cyber truck is reserved. You get a notification to complete your cyber truck configuration as production nears. I want to know if it's going to be like the F-150 where certain trim models won't be available. And so if you want it now, you'll only be able to do what they're willing to produce. I hope because why would you not do the biggest and best at first? Because Ford sold out of all their pros and even XLT shut down for a while. And so you could only order Larry. And when Black. I went in and got, I did not order my truck. I, I ordered it, pre-ordered it the day of within five minutes, just yeah. like you did. I didn't order my truck until like a three or four days after I got the notification saying I could order because I wanted to go down to the Ford dealership because I thought I had to go there. Yeah. I didn't have to. Um, and in that time period, I lost the ability to even order an XLT. Yeah. So I had to have the Lariat. And then the other thing I didn't realize is Ford in the past, there was a bigger gap between XLT and Lariat. There was a, like a $15,000 gap. And there was only like a $6,000 gap when I got there. And I was like, well, you can I get was, this and this and this. I was and toiling over what to get. And I originally, I was torn between, I wanted the upgraded sound system, which honestly, in my opinion, isn't the best. But anyways, I wanted the upgraded sound system beyond. I wanted the sun and moon roof, which only came yep. in the Lariat extended range. And premium or platinum. Yeah. And, and in the platinum, obviously. But, you know, I, and I was like, you know, I was really torn, but then... XLT extended range, I think when we were ordering was like 76. Yeah, it wasn't worth the difference. And my truck was 79. Yeah. And I was like 3,000 for speakers. Moving. And they did it on like, purpose. Yeah. They, they knew what they were doing. But they, I mean, the upgrade difference between XLT and the other one really wasn't that much different. And I think that was intentional to prevent people from getting the XLT because they probably made more profit on the Lariat. Yeah. And that's why they wanted to. So it was either XLT uh, standard range which if you jump down, that was $20,000 cheaper. But then you got 240 mile range or yeah. something like that. But it was either that or Larry. I don't think range. I could make it from here to our stop going to Nashville if I had a regular. I couldn't. No, I wouldn't. Because you even at 240, I wouldn't have made, I'd have made around 200. And I don't think you it's. You could make it to Knoxville and then there. You have to charge once there, I'd have to charge, charge there, charge I'd have to, once back. I'd have Three to charge. charges, yeah. Oh, no. Range. Range, anxiety. but your Tesla. What's the range on your Cybertruck? It's they have not said. Speculation. Originally, he said five hundred. But I think you're looking at probably. I think if I'm north of four hundred, I'll be tickled. Yeah. So if I'm four twenty-five or so, that's going to be a plenty, especially with the tri-motor. Now, what? It, and again, I don't know because there's no release on how many batteries is in it. There's been some people speculate that know what they're talking about. Um, it can hold more batteries. They don't have a weight on it yet. There's a lot of numbers that go into that, but uh, it's amazing how much speculation there is on a vehicle that's about to be produced. Yeah, I mean <laughs> they've the, done a with the Lightning. You knew all the stats a year before you actually ordered your vehicle. And the question is, is if it's going to be only a 300 mile range, do I want that? If it has less range than the truck I have now, am I going to keep I can't it? imagine that he would I have started imagine. with 500 and then scaled back to three. I can't. I, I can't think at a that. minimum, you're looking at upper threes, lower fours. And I think the fact that competition such as Chevy is going to be at 400, they're going to probably be over 400. So um, who knows? Uh, it probably won't be cheap either. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be the most expensive Tesla they've had. Um, 
Yeah, so, I mean for the for the all bells and whistles, you're gonna. I'd say one one fifteen is what I'm guessing. Yeah, you're gonna be north of a hundred for sure. So, yep. So don't tell her that. <laughs> so she, anyway, she doesn't have to know. Yeah, she won't. She don't. She don't listen. So she's not one of her. <laughs> you can tell people. her she won't pay attention anyways. Yeah. Anyway, so that is the Cybertruck. We'll keep you up on that one. And next week, we'll have a big announcement. We have our applications. Uh, well, it won't be next week. It'll be the week after next. Next yeah. week is uh, one week till. And um, and then you have the following week, and we will have our applications to the state of Tennessee for EV charging stations across the state. So uh, we'll get into that episode. will be just about what we're doing what we've provided and what we think the future of ev charging will be in our state and hopefully in other states as yeah. well so per tesla's website has a little addendum here they, they're still saying on their website that zero to 60 and as little as 2.9 and up to 500 miles of range in the cybertruck yeah that's they're, they're still saying that on their website well it has the same up to now what that means i don't know but that they're still saying that as of right now oh that would be fantastic yeah i mean if i got five if i had both of those then you're done yeah you know yeah so yeah i mean that, that's something obviously to to wait and see the final specs on but their their website is still saying 2.9 0 to 60 and 500 mile range which well, and for all you insane. tesla fans out there our sites in tennessee will also have ccs and nacs so we are actually designing our sites to be able to accommodate teslas as well as everybody else yeah and without an adapter you straight plug straight in. straight plug in yeah so anyway we'll get into those details next couple weeks in two weeks and uh, we will see you next week here for more shenanigans and might get into aircraft. We'll, we'll see. There may be a one-week lapse next week with how busy next yeah, week is. Yeah, next week we might We, we may or here. may not be on the air next week. We'll see. Yeah, that... We'll try. That Coming live from Toronto. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So, we'll see. I don't know. We'll do our very best to be on uh, yep. next week. We'll see what happens. So, thank you once again. Appreciate it. You have a good day. All right. Bye.